Hello, everybody. Joe Patrick here, Dirty South Soccer, with another Atlanta United 2 report. It's actually been a while since we've talked Atlanta United 2 strictly. Obviously, there's been a lot going on at the club over the last couple weeks, and so that has kind of taken the forefront, of course, with the managerial change. Um, but that, of course, does affect the twos, and we're going to talk about that a little bit in the show today, as well as just recapping all the matches that we have missed since our, our last show, which I think was after the Memphis 901 FC game. Uh, it was a 2-2 draw, and that's when kind of Jackson Conway was breaking out a little bit. Um, he's been in the news as well. <laughs> not well, not in the news, but I guess just with his performance in the field, it's kind of been a, um, interesting, so to speak, as of late. So we'll get into that a little bit more. Uh, talk about some more players that have been impressing with the twos, some more of the storylines, and hopefully, this isn't going to be on the show today, but I do want to get with Tony Anon and just have a conversation so that you guys can hear from him and he can talk about where this team is going, what he thinks of some of the players that are in the system right now. Of course, Atlanta United, too, is using just a ton of academy players, and that has been kind of the overarching storyline this season with this team has really been the reliance on teenagers honestly like like as young as 15 years old we've got kids uh, making their professional debuts and it's been great to see because that's exactly what you want Atlanta United 2 to be at this club is you want it to be kind of another a step up from the academy at the professional level but still an avenue to develop young players so it's been great to see some of those kids get some playing time against other professionals here. And uh, we'll get into a lot of the highlights, some of the the standout players. Uh, just a recap real quick, the results that have happened since we last spoke. Atlanta United 2 lost 3-0 to the Charleston Battery on July 24th. That was, I would say, the first game where I just thought the team looked bad. They played bad, they looked bad, uh, wasn't, wasn't a good game. And it makes sense that that would happen because that was the night where, uh, well, I guess it was the day before the resignation or the mutual parting of ways happened between Frank DeBoer and Atlanta United. They played a game on Saturday, or I'm sorry, this was actually that night, Friday night. Um, and Stephen Glass was kind of not officially appointed as the interim head coach, but he was spotted sitting in the stands that night. And Henry Appelou, the assistant coach, was managing the team. Um, turns out Henry Appelou also is going to Atlanta United, the first team to be Stephen Glass's assistant, just as he was at at Atlanta United too. So um, you can just understand why there would be. Uh, just not a very cohesive team on the field. You know, there's just mental things going on in a situation like that. So lost that game three, nothing to the Charleston battery came back on Wednesday and had one of the most entertaining games I've seen from the twos uh, in their what two and a half year history here. Uh, just a great game to watch a four, three win over Miami FC, which is actually, you know, they're officially referred to like their official team name is the Miami FC, very much like the Ohio State University. It's like weird. The Miami FC. OK, whatever. Um, four, three win. Huge win. Jackson Conway scored an absolute classy the, uh, just a classy goal uh it's not it wasn't a banger i was about to say banger or like a like a wonder goal or something it was just such a classy goal um took a first time strike from the edge of the box on a set piece was on a yellow card though and removed the shirt because he was so impressed with his goal removed his shirt in the celebration got red carded Fortunately for Atlanta United 2, and fortunately for Jackson, the team was able to hold on to the result despite the fact that they gave up 
a, a late goal and things got a little dicey at the end. Um, Atlanta did get a, their fourth to give them a little bit of a two-goal cushion there, so they were, were able to hold on to a 4-3 win. But interesting game there, to say the least. And then another game against Charleston Battery, a 1-1 draw. And this is going to be a, a, the main theme of this team is the inability to hold on to leads late in games. In this this game against Charleston Battery, very well-played game. I mean, this team, it was a very thorough performance, I thought, from Atlanta United, too. In possession, they looked sharp. They were moving around. It was, it was a lot of give and go, lots of chances in the game, despite the fact that they only got the one goal. And honestly, I thought they looked good defensively in this game. I mean, and they did, like as is represented by the fact that they hadn't given up a goal until the 94th minute when they allowed an equalizer. And, the fa- and honestly, that was a tough one to give up because I think there were only three minutes uh, of added of stoppage time to that game. And it was like well into the fourth minute that the goal was conceded. Uh, I think Tony Anon was not very pleased that the game was being allowed to continue at that point. But, you know, if you're if you're a player, you got to hang in there. And and honestly, it's just such a tough one because I did feel like they were doing some of the right things in that game to kill it off. And uh, Patrick Nielsen made a mistake on that on the goal that they conceded at the end there. It was just a just a ball lumped into the box and uh, Charles and battery player got on the end of it and scored. Um and Patrick Nielsen was kind of backtracking and kind of stumbled a little bit and he wasn't able to jump and leap to clear that ball. But I mean, he's a he's a big physical center back whose job is to be there to clear away those exact kinds of um, deliveries. And so tough to see that, but it's a good learning experience for a young player who was drafted by Atlanta United in the MLS Super Draft. So he came back and did start against the Birmingham Legion in a one nothing loss. That was the last game that was played by Atlanta United. That was this Saturday, August 8th. I didn't get to see much of this one, but it was, you know, the, Jackson Conway did not play. I think there was a, he was a late scratch, I want to say. There was a late fitness test is the word that I heard. And there was a late lineup starting 11 that got released. And so he did not play in the game. But we'll dig into the quote sheets and hear from Tony and on what he thought about this game. But again, another con- uh, just a trend here to kind of catch everybody up on the- these conceding towards the ends of halves. So let's go back to the Charleston battery game. The first game we were talking about, they conceded in that game in the 99th minute. That game had nine minutes at least of stoppage time. They con- so they conceded one at the very end of that game. So that's one stoppage time goal. In the Miami a game against the Miami FC, another goal by Romario Williams, actually, uh, 97th minute. So another stoppage time goal against Miami. Against Charleston, the 1-1 draw, they conceded in the 94th minute, as we talked about earlier. And against the Birmingham Legion, they conceded in the 45th minute, the 46th minute, really, of the first half in stoppage time of the first half. So... Lots of stoppage time goals that this team is conceding right now. Don't know if that's a mental issue, if it's a physical issue. They also conceded in stoppage time of the game against uh, Memphis, a game they should have won, and they only pulled out a draw at the end because they conceded um, in the 90th minute and the 92nd minute. And even if we all go all the way back to the game against the Tampa Bay Rowdies, which was the first game that the team had played since resuming the USL season, they conceded in the 87th minute. So, so many late goals have been given up by this team, and that's just something that these players are going to have to work through. Again, it comes down to different things. In the in the, la- the last time it happened, in the game against the Charleston Battery on August 5th, I really thought the team was was 
seeing out the game well and it was just an individual mistake that caused this goal to be conceded um but you know sometimes it's not that way sometimes the team just has to learn how to close games out so hopefully it's something that these players individually can learn from like a guy like Patrick Nielsen can hopefully take something away from that mistake that he made uh that allowed Charleston to get that winner sometimes it's a team thing and, and that's something that Tony Anon can help kind of drill into the players both from a technical standpoint and just kind of mentally getting them getting their mindsets ready to finish out those games but if they were able to finish out these games I mean they've dropped so many points just because of that um it's disappointing to see because it means it's going to be harder for them to make the playoffs but they've been a good watch I do worry about the fact that you know they're playing every midweek and weekends almost every week. Uh, they had a weekend off weeks ago, but they're playing, looking at the schedule, it's Saturday, August 8th, Wednesday, August 12th, Saturday, August 15th, Wednesday, August 19th, Saturday, August 22nd, Wednesday, September 2nd. So they have a little bit of a gap there, but lots of uh, games for this team, which is good. Lots of minutes to go around for a lot of these young players. Um, but also, you know, a lot of these guys who you want to be getting routine minutes, you know, won't be able to see them maybe every game. A guy like a Jackson Conway um, might be good to just get him a breather every once in a while and share the minutes around. But for some of these guys, like a Mojadama, who's been captaining this team from the back, you know, that's a lot of that's a lot of minutes for a player. So um, we'll be interesting to see how the team deals with that as they continue the season. But Again, they've been a fun watch, and I'm looking forward to the next game that's coming up against the Tampa Bay Rowdies on August 12th here. So there's not a ton of quotes, obviously, for many reasons, many, many reasons. Um, but I think uh, Tony Anon did say a couple things after the last two games that I want to touch on. Uh, the first one, which was after the uh, game against the Charleston Battery on August 5th, said something that was interesting to me. And I'm just going to read this straight from the quote sheet. It says, he, uh, this is, again, this is Tony Anon saying, I was happy with the team's performance tonight. I think every week, every game, we are getting better and better. We're starting to look like an Atlanta United team, a team where our build is getting better, our press is getting better. That's to be expected since we've been working on it. The guys are taking in the information and doing well with it. Game by game, we're getting better, and I'm happy with the effort and the way we played tonight. I think there are a couple things going on. The fact that we have so many academy kids in our team, they know how the club plays. They've been in this system for the last few years, and they have that identity. They know the press. They know the build. They even know the set pieces really well, so that's one part. But I also think for sure there's a consistent training group that will always help your team. There are a few different things going on, but it definitely helps to have that consistent group that you work with day in, day out. They understand what you want and how to execute that. I want to focus on that first part, which I thought was really interesting, what he said, which was that having the uh, a larger group of the academy players is actually helping this team tactically because they all know how the team wants to play it's a lot more difficult for players who are coming in from the outside which has been you know this team has to kind of refresh that group of players um this year the Mackie Jopes the Mojadamas those kinds of players who are coming in as professionals maybe from another USL club or lead from the collegiate ranks um, for them to kind of get integrated into the way that Atlanta United wants to play. And I like that he specifically talks about the press and the build. These are things that coaches will talk about. Um, they kind of look at them separately from a tactical perspective, like in terms of how you organize yourself off the ball, how you organize yourself with the ball, because sometimes those can be two very different shapes. And not only is it just the shape, but like with the ball, it's like what player is coming to, um, come into this space based on this pass that is being made. There's like all these little um, triggers that that 
like a like a, an action that can trigger somebody else to do something. So when like a if a ball gets past the goalkeeper, when like what are the positions that the players move in when that happens? There are all these little intricate things. And if you've been pressed and uh, drilled on that day after day over a, a course of years, if you're an academy player, then when you come to the twos, you know what to expect. And especially if the manager is going to be somebody who's been directing the academy for a, for as long as it's been around and Tony Anon, um, you have a very good idea of what to expect. And also Tony Anon has a very good idea of what to expect out of some of these players, which he probably knows is more familiar with the games of the academy players more than he is familiar with some of the players who have been those Again, those professionals coming in from the outside. So thought that was really interesting insight by him into that game because we talk a lot about integrating academy players and how that can actually, you know, a, a difficulty for a team because they are so young and inexperienced and all these things that they're learning when they're playing with the twos. And that is certainly the case. That is not a lie. But I think also we it, it, it's it's good to kind of point out some of the benefits that that gives you. And again, like we talked about earlier, that's exactly what is the purpose of this team is to kind of be that again, just another advanced uh, step in the pipeline for these players to continue their learning experience. And when you can get enough of these two, uh, or I'm sorry, when you can get enough of these Academy players together through into the twos, I think it will just make for a more fluid, cohesive twos team, which when you have fluidity and cohesion, that allows everybody to just shine, you know, a little bit more and, and really be able to express themselves a little bit more on the field. And when you're getting results, you know, you're, you're just going to have a better showing of yourself and you're going to do better both for yourself and for the team. So um, pretty interesting there from Tony and on. And then after the last game against the Birmingham Legion, he did kind of touch on um, this kind of fixture congestion issue that he's dealing with. Um he, this is on rotating a few players into the starting lineup tonight, August 8th. He said it wasn't too much to do with Birmingham, how Birmingham set up in their lineup. The rotation tonight had to do more with us. I wanted to give some players a chance to express themselves and push their way into the squad, but we also wanted to try and save some legs for the next few weeks coming up. Jackson Conway pulled out of the lineup during warmups. We were trying to rest guys like Mackie Jope, so that so that was a little bit of a reset before the game started. We wanted to give some kids like David Mejia some chances to start. And then he also touched on Patrick Nielsen, who we talked about earlier. He said, I thought Patrick was really good tonight. I was happy with his performance. He tired a little bit toward the end, which is to be expected with it being his first full 90 minutes in quite some time. I was happy with his performance. He had some things he can improve on, as all of them have. But overall, he played a good game against a good attacking team. But I thought that was interesting, the fact that, you know, it is um, kind of top of mind for Tony Anon and the people who are running Atlanta United, too, to make sure that these players are are fit and ready to go. Um a little bit concerning that Jackson Conway was pulled out due to a fitness issue. Um, when we're when I say fitness, I don't mean like he's like out of shape, just like that he had some sort of injury. Uh, and we don't know exactly what that injury is right now because we don't really have much access to the twos to be able to ask um, specifically about some of these things, which is why I would love to get Tony on the show to kind of discuss. But um you know, Jackson was, uh, he had received that red card, which we talked about earlier. So he hadn't even played the match before. So there was no reason for him really, I would think, to have had an injury unless he picked one up in training, which very, very well may could have happened. So um, that, I guess, is the case. Again, wish I knew more about what the injury was, but uh, we'll I'll try to find out and report on that, whether it's on Twitter or whatever, coming soon. So 
Before we get out of here, I did just want to quickly touch on a player that is in good form. Just kind of like we did last week, Jackson Conway was in very good form at the time, and he continued that form with a great goal uh, <laughs> before he got suspended. Um, so let's talk about Mackie Joe. He's been great. Uh, he's been really at, he adds a new level of dynamism to this team in the attack. He's just a tall, fast, strong guy. Again, dynamic player. He can, he's kind of like a player who has uh, kind of like game breaking speed and athleticism and just like physical ability to make things happen where Atlanta United typically hasn't had that guy because again, playing lots of young academy players, they're just not as developed. Mackie, Mackie Jope is I think 24, 25. I can't remember exactly, uh, but he's a little bit older, more developed. And uh, let's hear this goal that he scored against the Charleston Battery. Goodrum chips over the top. Jope looking to spring, and he got enough on it to get it past Brino for the goal. Atlanta United 2 on the board, and there is that man again, Mackie Jope in the 68th. Three goals in two matches for Mackie Jope. We talked about it in the first half. He was trying to time that run as this Charleston back line gets pulled apart. This time he times it perfectly. Little chipped ball in. He takes this first touch from Goodrum's chip just to set himself up, brings it down, controlled finish. Mackie Joe picks out the corner. Phil Brino concedes his first goal to Atlanta United to the season. So thanks to uh, Jason Longshore and John Nelson there for the commentary on ESPN Plus where the game, uh, you could see the game. Of course, you can see all Atlanta United two games there and nice little bit of kind of uh, insight into how that goal was created and scored by Jope. And it was honestly one of the better ones I'd, I'd seen from him because Typically, some of the goals he had scored earlier were not as technical, although he did score an absolute scorching goal into the top corner. Um, it was kind of a more of a thwack, though, and just kind of hope it goes in. This one was more deftly taken. Again, like like Jason was talking about, he kind of took a chipped ball, took one touch, and then picked out a corner and, and put the ball in the corner. So it was a, a really nice technical goal from Jope there. But, he, of course, he used his speed to break through the line and, and get himself in that position. So... Really good to see from him. Really good to see him kind of blending a lot of his natural abilities with some more, some more, you know, technique. And uh, that's the kind of stuff that can get you onto an MLS squad. I don't it, even if it's not with Atlanta United, it could be with another team. Like that's the kind of stuff that any USL player wants to have on film. And uh, so, shout out to Mackey. Uh, hope he continues to do it. Like like Jason said in that clip, he's been on a tear. So uh, hope to see more of that from him in the coming games. That's where we're at with Atlanta United 2. Again, this is going to be a short show. Just wanted to kind of catch everybody up on where they stand because, again, we're about to get into a lot of games coming here pretty thick and fast. Again, I'm recording this on a Monday, Monday, August 10th. They've got games coming up this Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. <laughs> so um, it's going to be pretty crazy, and we will continue to get these shows out to you guys Um after every every few games or so is kind of the the tentative plan. There's no set schedule for this. And again, I do want to hopefully next time I come to you, it will be with an interview with Tony and on, or maybe even a player or something from the team. Uh, I got to get it with them and see what we can arrange. Because when when these games are going on, I'm just watching them from home. There's no way for us to like zoom in or ask questions uh, digitally or anything like that. So it's kind of unfortunate. Um, but hopefully, we will be able to get something arranged shortly. So thanks again for downloading the show once again on Dirty South Soccer Podcast Network. And if you're not subscribed to the podcast network, highly recommend that you do so. We've got some 
Uh, great new shows coming out recently from Five Stripe Final, which I'm part of. Mouth of the South has been continuing to pump out some stuff. And then I'm going to uh, partner with Josh Bagarianski, as we did last week, and just do a little bit more tactical talk, stuff like that. So hopefully there's something for everybody to enjoy, including this episode. So uh, thanks again for all of your support. If you want to support us even more, you can like, you know, I don't know, do whatever they tell you to do normally. Um, comment on the ratings rate us rate us five stars do all that stuff um yeah so thanks everybody for just all the support recently i know it's been tough times during the covid situation but um you know things are we're, we're coming out on the other side of this thing i think soon hopefully so um thanks for thanks for being with us through all of this and i uh, can't wait to get the next show out to you so until then see you guys later